Charm Diamond Centers. Okay, not bad, but remember, those three little words carry a lot of weight. Has to say 50 years of a family-owned business. Charm Diamond Centers. Dylan, think lifetime diamond guarantee, unbeatable pricing policy, stores across the country filled with experts who love love. Charm Diamond Centers. 0% interest financing, trade-up policy, easy payments. I need to feel that in your voice. It has to sound like Charm Diamond Centers. Wow, that was really good. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 72. Welcome back, Bag Milk. Thank you. We are back. I feel good about being back. A couple of weeks, sans podcast. How was Mexico? Buddy, I was shitbag wasted uh-huh. the entire time. It was like, it was a very, I, I, I talked a little bit about this on Real Life on Tuesday, but it was one of those resorts that was very family oriented. So me going down as just a solo dude, there wasn't a whole lot going on for your boy bag milk. So I would wake up, I'd head into the lobby bar, grab myself a couple of Caesars and start my day whenever I, uh, whenever I woke up. So it was nice, you know? That sounds very nice. Balanced breakfast. Got to uh, gotta keep my body chemistry in check, you know? Is that, that's why the Caesars? Yeah, Caesars casual start to the day. It kind of feels like a breakfast. Put a little celery in there. They I, make Caesars down there. Not yeah, just well, there's so many. There's, there's so many Canadians there that uh, they yeah. have clubbed. Fair enough. Um, I'm Caesars are the one thing I always really want to get into. Like I wish I liked them, but I just can't. You hate tomato juice? I'm uh, not a big tomato juice, juice guy, and I don't like vodka. Oh well, well, that's yeah. definitely a problem. Yeah, I know. So like, but I really want. Like I want to be the guy you who can do goes gin for, in it. You could do gin. Do you do the chiladas? I like gin Caesars. They see Dan. I love chiladas. You know, I do, mm-hmm. but they were making really bad chiladas down there. Ah. So I was just sticking with Caesars. You got to do like the cans. The canned ones are the best. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a fresh made one would be better. Tyler, that's no, but nobody team. knows how to make them. Yeah. Nobody like knows you got to get a good one. Like, if you get a oh. case of Bud Light chiladas, you're having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. A real yeah. good time. I don't mind them like, like at an Eskimos game or whatever. If I want to, if I want to drink like a Pilsner, that's an easy way to make a Pilsner go down smooth is to add a little bit of climb juice. You can do your own kind of mix there, but 100% bag milk is right. The Bud Light or the, uh, what's the other one that, that they have in, um, just in Vegas? Oh, Modelo. Modelo. Yeah, Modelo? Okay. Something like that. It's, it tastes like ketchup chips. Ew. It's sweet. <laughs> it's I a sweeter, it's a sweeter chilada. <laughs> All right. You, you know what you don't hate though, Tyler? Sherwood Ford. Our fine 
friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant out in beautiful Sherwood Park, Alberta. Go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. I was enjoying, well, not enjoying the Oilers game last night, but I did enjoy seeing our friends at Sherwood Ford with a great TV spot. Yeah, they're uh, they're good people out there in Sherwood Ford and uh, in Sherwood Park. And uh, yeah, they just... Uh, that's a neat little ad that they did, and then of course they were instantaneously able to to upload that to the to the website, and we were sharing that as well. They're beauties. Yeah. As always, if you see the Nation Truck cruising around the city, snap a photo of that, hashtag it with Nation Truck, tag us along with Sherwood Ford in that photo, and you will be entered to win a hundred dollar gas card. Be like Zach. Zach spotted it from a mile away yesterday. That was impressive. from Chateau Lang on, on creep cam. Yeah, you were a full creep cam. Oh, I was. But you can see that thing from space, though, to be fair. It's true. It's a giant truck. And that's just the interior decoration that you can see from space. Mm-hmm. It's true. All right. But I want to start off with a little bit of bad news. Well, I was down in Mexico having a cocktail. My friend Nation Dan sends me a text message, says that we got a problem. And I says, okay. <laughs> and then I says, what's the problem? And Dan says, our Instagram is suspended for impersonation. And I says, oh, boy. No problem. I got this. So we got the email. We do the appeals. All it says is you need some ID. Send an ID. Unfortunately, I am not Oilers Nation. I am just the person who started the account. Did not work. We sent articles of incorporation. We sent all kinds of business docs. But what? 10 days later, I guess. We got our account unlocked. Woo! We did it. We did it. Yeah. And then I woke up this morning going to do a little bit of posting. Less than 24 hours. 24, yeah, less than 24 hours later, we were back in jail again. So, Zuck giveth, Zuck taketh away. What's going on? I don't know. A lot of people are asking what's going on with our Instagram account. I have no idea. We We have no idea. We can't even pretend to know anymore. No. like like, you said in text this morning, Bag Milk. It's like, it would be nice if we could find out what we did wrong so we could, you know, fix that. We're going to get it back. Absolutely. It's just a matter of- yeah, I think so. We're we relentless, got it back Tyler. Once. The nation is um, relentless. I, I meant to play this a second ago, but... He's right. loading it up. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt on the inside this morning. Yeah. But I want to go ahead and thank everybody at the nation for joining in the free official Oilers Nation hashtag and bombarding Instagram with requests to unlock our account. That is going on again today. I am very grateful for all of you. Just to reiterate, we have no idea why we keep getting locked up for impersonating ourselves or impersonating somebody. We have all the proper paperwork in order that this should not be an issue. However, it is what it is. Actually, our friends at Leafs Nation lost their Instagram account as well. What? Yeah. RIP. That was just this past Tuesday. Yeah. So in terms of social media, go ahead and follow us at nation, a double underscore O N on Instagram. That is the backup account for now until we get official Withers nation unlocked. And then we'll probably have to change that handle just because there's some kind of robot that is locking us up and I don't like it. Just as a record too, if you just want to follow us on nation underscore underscore O N forever, because then when we lose the account again, we'll, we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. Everyone needs a good backup. But you should also follow O N radio podcast as well. That's where Tyler is going to put Every week, he puts up the Sherwood Ford giant question oh, of the day. Giant, nice segue. Giant, 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 giant. Tyler, this week's question giant. is... It's Darnell Nurse-themed bagged milk. That's where we're going with it. And basically, I, I gave two options. If you had to sign Darnell Nurse to one of these two contracts, which one would you pick? 
Option A is six years at six and a half million. And option B is two years at five and a half million. I feel like everyone's going to say, I feel like I messed up this question. Let's rephrase. I think everyone here would do six by six and a half, right? No. Uh, no? No. Okay, Zach, go ahead. Really? Okay, yeah. I, no, let's have Adder then. I'm in the I'm in the two-year camp. I, I mean, I, I love Darnell Nurse. I'm a big Darnell Nurse guy, but I still think there's question marks about what exactly Darnell Nurse is in the NHL. Is he a puck mover? Is he a shutdown defenseman? I think... You know, we heard it on Insider Trading a couple days ago where there is interest in a long-term contract between the Oilers and Darnell Nurse and that two years could be a good little segue to allow the Oilers to kind of alleviate some of their cap space and go from there. So I think you go for two years. If you kind of have the understanding that after that contract, you're going to look at something long-term, I think it just gives Edmonton a little bit more short-term cap relief, which we know we need right now, and kind of gives us a better chance to see what Darnell Nurse is when he's making a little bit more money. To play devil's advocate, though, Zach, are you concerned if you do a two-year bridge that in year three, when it's time to re-up again, that he gets something just obnoxious? Yes, of course. Really? I, I think there's concern for it, for sure. I mean, I don't I don't think it'll happen. Like, I don't think long-term he's more, he makes more than six and a half, seven tops. Yeah. Right? But in, in two years from now, the cap could jump by four or five million dollars. Potentially. Potentially. More, if just that, in that TV theory, deal, right? Yeah. If that TV deal comes, right? So then you have the ability to say, okay, well, now you can maybe pay him $7 million comfortably because you have some extra room to work with. Nick, what do you think about Darnell Nurse? I'd pay Darnell Nurse $8 million a season, but it has to be completely incentive-laced. He gets a hundred thousand dollars for every fucking pass he can complete. If he, he, that's a bargain deal. So then. if he completes one pass every game, he earns his eight point two million dollars. I'm, I'm gonna get, jump ahead and tell you who my cold performer is. It's fucking Darnell Nurse. The guy's frustrating the hell out of me right now. Yeah. Why? This guy, What's going on? He wants to be paid like an elite defenseman. There's been rumors, whether they're true or not, that he is wanting to get paid somewhere in that six, seven, even $8 million range. Looking at Truba as a comparable. He's just not there, man. Like, he's just not there. He's right now, he is third, maybe fourth best defenseman on our team. How do you rank the depth chart right now? Cluffbaum, Bear, and then it's a toss up between him and Larson. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's how I feel about it. It's just it's frustrating if there's a deal out there to alleviate some cap uh, space, some cap pressure. We have luckily a lot of depth on that left side right now. All of a sudden, so Leftorium. I yeah, exactly. Uh, Flanders would be happy. So I, I honestly at this point, if there if there's a good deal out there for somebody who can help us long term up front, I'm totally down for would it. Would you trade him straight up for Nick Ehlers? Yes. Yeah. Really? In, a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. I think that I bring something that we don't have on our team either. Like a little bit more of a like bigger body grit too. Yeah. Right. I think we'll talk about it more later. Like the, the Kovalchuk rumor that just came out today via an article from one Zach Lang. That's me. Um, that I think that, that Ehlers is just better at, at that kind of position. We talked about Kovalchuk this morning and said like, he's just a poor man's James Neal making less money. But, so yeah. before you continue, Dan, right Sorry, now, yeah. Darnell Nurse in 54 games has four goals, 20 assists, 24 points. Nikolai Ehlers with the Jets has 19 goals and 23 assists for 42 points in 55 games. My thing is, though, like, and, I, and I've been saying it all along, I think if you, if I think we need defending depth, but yep. I think if you make a deal for Nurse, you have to have that secondary move right afterwards where you bring in somebody else that can that can fill that left side at least for the next two years. That way you're not forcing in a Caleb Jones or a mm-hmm. or a Chris Russell even um, into that spot. But yeah, I, I think I think if he's going north of six, 
uh, you you got to look elsewhere because we need Nuge still. Yeah, you need to tuck in a bunch of guys next year, and you know, it, it it's just, just at some point the cap has to break somebody and send somebody off. Somebody will pay Darnell Nurse that much, and mm-hmm. and that's you know good on him. Go find that somewhere else if we can get a good player out of him. Uh, and then bring in another def- left-handed defenseman to uh, fill that spot, and so be it. Tyler, in your article about Darnell Nurse today at OthersNation.com, you did mention, however, that he's very close with a guy like Connor McDavid, and that in itself carries some currency. What do you think about this whole situation? I think the fact he's you know a leader in the room and is tight with McDavid, tight with Drysaddle, kind of a part of that inner circle. I think that does as much as you don't want it. It's a business, and you want Ken Holland to not think about that stuff. I think there's a part of me that goes, you know, you also got to keep Connor happy. And if he likes having Darnell around, and also I ended the article by saying this, some of this is on Darnell Nurse deciding how bad he wants to be an Edmonton Oiler. As awful as that sounds, and as much as I believe players should be trying to get paid as much as they can, Darnell, if you if you want to win in Edmonton and play with your boys and do all this stuff, maybe you need to sit there and take the six by six deal. And not be pushing for six and a half, right? Don't you think at the end of the day, though, that Connor is more professional than that? That at the end of the day, if it really came down to whether it's about what's best for the team and his own personal friendships. He might he, not think it's best for the team, though. Fair enough. But I, but what if it did? Let's say. Yeah. W- let's say if Holland came up to him and said, listen, this is the deal we have on the table. Um, and he, he lays it out for Connor and says it's all it's cap related. It's depth related. And this is the this is the deal. You think Connor's going to be like, no, he's my friend. I want him here. Like I, I, I don't part, think he'd be happy about that. it, but I don't think Con- I think you're right. I don't think Connor's the type to like get pissy and be like, "You're not trading Darnell Nurse," mm-hmm. blah, blah blah. But I don't think McDavid would be like, "Yep, thousand percent, I'm down." I think he'd well, be like, no, I'm not. But yeah. that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying at the end of the like, he doesn't have to like it, but he can also yeah. you know accept the business side of it. And yeah, just be like you know, okay, I think so. I understand, but it's just like for a guy like Connor, for a guy like Leon, those guys took pay cuts. They they're not getting paid what they could be getting paid on an open well, market. Hold on now. Drysaddle is now, but at the time when he signed that yeah. contract, the amount yeah. of people that said yeah. he was being overpaid then. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. So in hindsight, this is like a Pasternak yeah, thing where absolutely. it's like, oh yeah, now he's undervalued. But yeah. you know, there's also rumors out there that Connor offered to leave money on the table and he wasn't asked to. So yeah, I yeah, mean, I don't know. I just like I, I'm with Tyler. I think that I think that we've reached that point where players that want to be in Edmonton mm-hmm. can start paying for that with their their checkbook a you can bit. pay your Connor mcdavid tax almost where if you want to be a part of the group that wins the stanley cup with Connor mcdavid you might need to take 500k off your contract and as much as you're donald nurse and you maybe don't want to do that and you want to get your most value at the end of the day if the difference is you getting 36 million dollars or 39 million dollars that gap closes with taxes and everything too so it's not even like that much like 300k man out of your 36 to 39 million dollars to be happy stay in edmonton have that contract like to me people use the morrissey deal as a comparable the jets fucking needed josh morrissey they desperate like they lost truba they lost myers they were eventually going to lose buffin like they needed morrissey the Oilers don't need nurse maybe as much as nurse wants to be in edmonton right and i think maybe if holland plays to that a long-term deal might be less than we expect however with that said i mean zach cassian didn't leave any money on the table you could argue that he did, I think. I think he might have gotten four by four on, on the open market. I could see it happening. Wait, for you're also talking about Edmonton like it's like fucking the LA Kings in the I middle know. of the last decade. Like, guys, this is a team that's made the playoffs once in almost 15 years. But I think Connor to be like that is my point. 
I, this is also a team that like appears on a lot of no trade lists. So to be like, Hey man, you got to take a pay cut to stay in Edmonton. Like if I'm Darnell nurse, part of me is like, no, fuck that. Yeah. The, and the caveat <laughs> you there want is me to stay in Edmonton. If I'm coming from his perspective and the caveat there is that we're all bloggers and we're, you yeah. know, we're talking yeah. from, from the GM, the, the, the armchair GM kind of position. Of course. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like it's to me, it's like a, if you are Ken Holland, that's the angle you have to start to pivot to. Um, there's, there's the rumors out there that Edmonton is starting to come off of no trade lists because, because of the Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl thing. And I think that yep. if anybody, if anybody looks at, at playing with Connor and Leon and doesn't realize that their numbers are going to be inflated for their next contract, then, then they're smart enough to, I to think to hold like, paycheck having the honor of playing with good players is a little bit overrated sometimes. I think we we as fans want to think that like it's all about the pride of the game and it's like you get a chance to play with one of the best players in the world right now. I think that's I think that's a little overrated. I just or, think it's a dollars and cents thing, right? Like if a guy has an opportunity to come sign for 2 years more mm-hmm. to play with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl who are going to inflate their numbers mm-hmm. and then you get paid like Zach Cassian would have or could have um, or did uh, if you're thinking well, about it with the We're Oilers. talking about Darnell Nurse. Like Darnell Nurse's numbers aren't getting inflated playing with McDavid. You could argue that his five-on-five five numbers are, are up a bit because he, he gets a He's lot of ice time worse with Connor. this year, though. He was this, better last year. Yeah, but last year he spent a lot of time on the ice with Connor. Sure, yeah. I mean, you, I, do, you do see that pairing up yeah. with, that, with them a little bit, though, Bear, him and Bear. Um, I don't know. If we're going back to the whole, like, whether we – yeah, what his value is. Yeah, if he's looking at anything over $5 million at this point, he's just not worth it. That's, that's, I think that's what I think I think six by six would be really fair. I just don't think nurse signs it. And that's why I'm on. Uh, I'm in the mindset of a two year deal is probably best. I would be worried at this point of being locked in that long with him. I'd rather take a two year bridge and see where he is at the end of that. And if he wants and then all of a sudden he thinks he's worth $70 million. Mm-hmm. And if but my argument would be at six by six in two years. Do you think that's an untradeable contract in any way? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know, but then you're also looking at having to protect him during the expansion draft. Which is something I think you're prepared to do. Okay. I don't it's know. It's going to be interesting, so, though, to see, because obviously we got a little bit of time left before this needs to be sorted. Obviously, he's a restricted free agent, so he doesn't really have a whole lot that he can do outside no. of not signing a contract. The thing would be, though, with the Oilers, considering their cap situation for this summer, if they they can't let this linger, right? Nope. Because that could handcuff you for other moves throughout the summer if you don't know 100%. if Nurse is going to make six and a half or five and a half. 100%. Either way, best value that I can see, in my opinion, is from our friends at Druid for the Giant. Out in Park, Alberta. They have got all the vehicles and service that you need. They have also got a fantastic community outreach program that they run through the dealership. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giant. Again, look out for the nation truck. Take a photo. Tag us both in it. Hashtag it with Nation Truck. You are entered to win a $100 gas card. They're fine folks, fine vehicles, fine service. And they've also got Gus, the ambassador of smiles. Go see Gus. Make an appointment. Now, a couple of ugly losses for the Oilers the last couple of games. Um, Last weekend on Saturday, Battle of Alberta was probably one of the most fun games that I've watched in a very, very long time. That that combined with a huge win over St. Louis on Friday, that was a big weekend for the Oilers. Four points, all regulation. That game in, in Calgary was so much fun. I don't know about you guys, but the last time I saw a goalie fight was probably in the 90s. Like, actually, when I'm watching a game and a, a goalie yeah. fight broke out, like we're talking about Avalanche Red Wings back in the 90s. 
that was incredible. It was a lot of fun to watch. I got to give uh, Cam Talbot some props for even going up against Smith because Smith just dummied him. Yeah. Just dummied him. Dan, from a hockey fights perspective, what did this do for the website? Well, it was uh, hockey fights did 20% of its January traffic in two days. Huh. So, I mean, that shows you that right there. It's one of the most watched fights already um, for the last, like, I don't know, six years. Uh, the last goalie fight in the NHL was in 2013. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, a goalie fight. I think it just kind of, it brings everybody out of their seats. It gives you that playoff kind of moment that you don't have often in a regular season and people were just so jacked up to see it. And you're right. It was a, it was a quick fight. Cam Talbot really didn't have any business doing that. Uh, Mike Smith is a guy that, that is fiery and has that ability to, and he's uh, huge to as fling. Well. And then he's a monster among men. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a special moment to see. I think everybody here probably has that, like that moment of like how you reacted and how you felt about it. And it was just euphoria. I was at a bar and thought I could just relax and watch the battle of Alberta. I was wrong. I left the bar right away, went and clipped that for hockey fight. It was a lot of fun. Everybody agrees. Great, great game. But then what I want to ask you guys about is how do you go from playing like that on Saturday night to just completely dropping the ball in Arizona on Tuesday? Dave Tippett did his best to jump on the grenade for the team, said they were at a long travel time. They were tired. I assume they got after it a little bit. Super Bowl. Super Bowl, celebrating that win. What do you guys think, Tyler? What happened between Saturday in Calgary and Tuesday in Arizona? I think Tibbet's excuses were weak, but I understand what he was trying to do, right? So you, you see it. Um, I, I don't even think it was physical exhaustion. I think it was a little bit of like mental exhaustion. Like you're so jacked up about the win over St. Louis. The Battle of Alberta just took everything out of you physically and mentally. And a game in the desert on a Tuesday after two days off, it, you're just almost, it's almost like a hangover coming off a couple of big emotional games, right? Where you're so fired up that the next time you take the ice, you're like, all right. There isn't that big animosity. No one's trying to kill me right now. I don't need to fight anyone. You know, you're just a little bit less fired up and you understand it. Um, so I excuse the loss to Arizona. Like that shit will happen throughout the course of a season. What's not acceptable is coming back out and playing the way you did on home ice against San Jose, a team missing two of their top scorers who are who have the worst goal differential in the Western Conference. Like you can't lay an egg in that one there. So I was okay with the loss against Arizona. But they were piss poor against San Jose, and that's not what playoff teams do. Well, that's what my thought was, too, is that they had two divisional games back-to-back after that Calgary one. Okay, they lost in Arizona. I can buy the whole mental exhaustion. I can buy the whole travel even. I can even buy that they probably got after it for the Super Bowl, and they're playing a little bit guilty. I can buy all that. But last night against San Jose, they came out, and within the first 10 minutes, I believe, seven, eight minutes, they were up two goals. Connor scored a ridiculous one. Sammy Gagne opens the scoring with a nice backhander. He's all fired up. So then it looked like we were we were getting fired up to go. Nick, this morning you wrote the post-game numbers that you do every morning after a game. Mm-hmm. The morning report. What do you see in the morning report from last night's game against San Jose? San Jose plays a game against us that we just have a really hard time defending against. If you look at San Jose's heat maps and stuff like that, they play... They they have the, the, the blessing of having two of the best... Um, shooting defenseman, I guess you could say, uh, in Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, especially Brent Burns. He just has this uh, ability to shoot from the point, get it right to the front of the net, and then the Sharks just crash the front of that net, the high danger area, and just pick up goals that way. And they just dominated us, dominated us there in the middle of the ice. 
Um, it's interesting too, because after we got up on those two first two goals, the Sharks only had four shots up until that point. And then from there on in to the end of the period, they had 12 shots. Eight of those were generated from the point. Either from the point that got right onto the net or they missed the net, but created chances around there. Um, and yeah, and then after that, we just couldn't keep up with them for for whatever reason. Uh, and then back in that uh, Arizona game, we actually played a better game than Arizona. They just anti-Ranto is really good. A really good goaltending performance, and we did start off slow, but we we really really took over the game in the second half, and we just couldn't solve them. Zach, last night you were doing some highlights for the nation on Twitter. What do you see as you were cutting up some clips? Yeah, there were some tough goals against. Um, I San mean, Jose shoots for tips a lot. Hey, they do. Well, that's just it. Yeah, like they just they generate those. If you look at it, it's really weird. It's like two dark circles on each side of the blue line and then like a really, really, really dark blob right in front of the net. That's just where they generate all their chances from. And a guy like Hurdle, who wasn't even playing last night, that's where he gets all his garbage goals from basically, right? Just stands there, gets his body and chips him in. Probably probably lessons to be learned there. Go ahead, Zach. And that's kind of what we saw last night. I mean, how many times last night were goals scored in the dirty areas off of an odd rebound where our guys were just kind of standing around and not ma- not marking their man and San Jose was able to get a couple loose pucks off a couple odd bounces and bang them home and it's tough I mean you know I think if anything we can take out of these last two games that's good it's that we basically haven't really lost any ground in the Pacific Division right now <laughs> I, I mean it's no one wants weird. to win it they Nobody did get lucky like, in the last two last two losses that everybody around them outside of Vegas last night yeah, yeah. Florida and lost. it really is like a pessimist optimist thing where it's like ah they got lucky because no one else is winning or you could sit there and be like they fucking blew it big time because they would have taken care of these two games the division would have been theirs another huge thing too is since james neal's been hurt we've gone one for eight on the power play that's massive i was noticing that last night like crazy having neal out and chase on in in that spot is a massive downgrade Mm -hmm. massive downgrade which is hilarious when you see his numbers from last year hilariously frustrating Mm -hmm. my thing was uh going back to the the tired excuse from the Arizona game, why did we then just blend the lineups so much to start that other, the, the next game against San Jose? So McTavish and, shit right there. And then, and then when, when things went haywire for us and San Jose came back at the end of that first period, then we went back to the blender again and the lines were all jumbled around again. There's just something more to it to me. Um, and obviously Tippett doesn't have to tell us, uh, but there's, there's a, there's a reason that they, they jumbled all those lines. Like Cassian gets his demotion and, and, uh, and then what? Then what was it? It was Benson and Cassian towards the end of the game together with McDavid. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was all over the place. The only line that stayed uh, consistent is the is the Yemoj Eon line. Ooh, that that one needs some work. Yeah, I know. Work good. That one. It's good. Yamokinsidal. Yamokinsidal. There you go. Oh, no, no. <laughs> we still got work to do, boys. <laughs> uh, from today's practice, friend of the nation, Reed Wilkins tweeted out, couldn't make out all the language, but Dave Tippett just expressed some serious displeasure with the team at practice. Ended his rant by kicking some pucks and skating away. So I don't know if the boys were. That is some McTavish shit right there. He went, he went nice. full letter kitty there. <laughs> so maybe Get the boys together, were boys. not quite ready for practice today i was like i watched dave tippett's presser last night after the game and he was not kind dad last night he was you could tell he was visibly frustrated with the effort from the team and understandably so just two goals and then exactly hit the bed it seemed like to me as soon as san jose started to counter punch the oilers were completely floored by what to do in that scenario 
It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's this coming whoa, from, Whoa, stop trying, boys. Yeah. San Jose is just one of those teams we never seem to be able to beat. It's a draft lottery like, It doesn't matter how good or bad well, San Jose the, is. The only a playoff series we've won in the last <sighs> almost 15 well, years. that's but. fair. Amen. But it's the same thing with Arizona. We've had, what, one game? It one also doesn't help, too. You know, at the end of that first period, you take that double minor. Clefbaum takes that yep. double minor. Like, it just, it all seemed to fall apart really, really quickly for the Oilers. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, yeah, they just could not. It was something they had earlier in the year. They seemed to have that resilience where they could, you could trust they could come back in the third period. You never really felt that last night. You know, they scored that goal, made it 5-3. A part of me was like, okay, you know, you get another quick one. Maybe you pull the goalie with two and a half minutes left. Something can happen. And then all of a sudden, the Sharks make it 6-3. And you know what bothered me too about that? Like that goal that Ethan Bear scored. Which was an incredible goal. Had it not been for the score, that goal would have been something where we'd be pumping Ethan Bear's tires for sure. days. Because it was beautiful. The way he walked in off the blue line, off the boards. Exploded that water Exploded bottle. the bottle. Brent Burns, that. Brent Burns gives him a little, uh, little head head nod, and uh, I like to see that too. There. You know, yeah. good guy Brent Burns giving him a little hat tip for a nice goal. I like to see that kind of shit because you know that probably meant something to Ethan Bear from a guy absolutely. Like uh, changing gears a little bit, last night was Tyler Benson's NHL debut. Obviously, he he played just over nine minutes. I'm just curious, first impressions from everybody. Tyler, what do you think of Tyler Benson's NHL debut? Um, really cool to see. Like the crowd was into it. Like they were cheering when he got announced. I love that tip. It put him in the starting lineup as well. Uh, local kid, right? So it's cool to watch him debut with the Oilers. Um, I I didn't. I'll be the first one to admit I don't watch a ton of Bakersfield Condors games, but the scouting reports on him were very smart. Seems to be in the right spots. Has decent playmaking abilities, but doesn't skate well. And that's kind of exactly what I saw in his debut. It's nine minutes, very small sample size, but I saw him go into some interesting areas of the ice, like doing some good things right. But there were about two moments where I saw him either getting back into a play or trying to hop up in the rush with the puck on his stick. And it was just like, eh, you don't move too well. Um, so I skating is something a player can work on, and that's certainly an area he needs to work on. But I think this is a guy with an NHL future. Um, is he a guy who I think will stay up here the rest of the season? I don't know. I don't know. So he's not Kyler Yamamoto version two, you think, well, in this particular season? But again, like Kyler Yamamoto, like he's not going to be yeah, a Yamamoto for this team where he comes in and sparks them. I don't, I, I don't think, and I think that's unfair to expect a guy to come in in his NHL debut and do that. Like Kyler Yamamoto needed a few stints until this one when he figured it out. So I think patience with Benson's important, but I still see the potential there, and his first game was fun to watch. Nick, your thoughts on Benson's debut? Yeah, uh, him and Yamamoto definitely have play different games. Yamamoto, just, like Tyler said, just plays more of that spark plug sort of. He ha he's you know he's smaller, so he has to go out there and make a difference that way. Uh, the numbers, the, you know, the, the advanced numbers kind of tell exactly what Tyler was saying. He plays a pretty responsible game, but doesn't generate a ton. Well, at least last night didn't generate a ton of scoring chances. After the first period, he had a course of 60%, but his expected goals and his scoring chance percentages were really low. So I think coming in for his first NHL game, he wanted to play smart, play responsible, not make too yeah. many mistakes. And he didn't. He didn't. But he also didn't really wow either. So he's getting, I think he's skating on the fourth line again. So yep, that was where he was at in practice. Doesn't there. look like he's going to be getting more than nine minutes uh, against Nashville. But I, I have no problem slowly working him into this lineup. Zach, what do you think? Oh, sorry, Tyler. Were you oh, I was that? just saying, doesn't he kind of remind you like, and I don't want this to sound like insultive, but like a young Alex Chase on, like he won't skate well. He'll make some interesting, decent plays with the puck. And if he's in front of the net on the power play, he's got the offensive instincts to like do some stuff. To me, his like long, long, like high ceiling projection would be like a John Tavares, I think. 
or a guy who like doesn't skate well, but is just really smart and gets to smart pl- places on the ice. Not like, necessarily like the a, scoring. Like a no, poor no, man's no, no. John just, Tavares. I'm just, yeah, yeah, a very poor man's that. John Tavares, but like just the way Tavares kind of cut his way into the NHL. Like his, when he got drafted, his thing was like, this guy can't skate at all. And he still is not the best skater, but he just learned to play an offensive way that was able to uh, take advantage of places on the ice rather than just bowling his way there or being quick to get there. It's kind of funny that you mentioned the chase on thing last night because somebody tweeted at me that Benson skates a lot like chase on. So it was interesting that you also picked that out. Defensively responsible guy who has good offensive instincts goes to the net, right? Yeah, yeah. Zach? Yeah, I don't know if I have a ton more to add beyond what you guys have. I mean, he, you know, nine minutes, 25 seconds, he was an even 50% Corsi player last night, which is good. So he didn't get buried in that sense in terms of driving play. You know, I think I would maybe like to see him with somebody a little bit more offensively minded in that bottom six group. Maybe like a guy like Sam Gagne, um, who's smart offensively and defensively, um, somebody who he can rely on a little bit more. Like, I don't know if like him skating with Haas and Chase on right now, or like it doesn't exactly like bode confidence in that line, putting them out there because Haas is still a bit of a question mark as to what he is. We know what Chase on is, and and I think Benson just needs to be a little bit more sheltered at this point. But you know, I think I'd like to see him with some some more offensively minded guys, and who knows, maybe throw him out there for a minute or two on the second power play and just see if he can do anything there. You know, build him a little bit of confidence as well. Dan, final word on Tyler Benson. Yeah, I uh, I'm just with uh, with Tyler in saying that I've never watched the guy in Baco, so I don't know how his progression has gone. But there was just one moment last night where he was like straddling the line on an offside call, and it was just kind of it just kind of summed it up for me. He's just a rookie, and he's in you know in some weird spots. He's not used to playing with those guys. And I, I the same kind of sentiment where it's just like you'd like to see him play with the offensive guys, but it's hard to hard to force a guy in his first NHL game or first few NHL games to play up with Connor McDavid all of a sudden. And you know the guy again. NHL debut, yep. hometown crowd. You know there's plenty of nerves going on whether 100%. he wants to admit it or not. 925 would finish at a minus one. I know everybody loves plus minus with one shot on goal. So we'll see what, how he goes. We'll see if he's back in the lineup tomorrow against the Predators. And that one shot was almost a goal too. Like he was yeah, right late in the game there. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. late in the game like with 10 God, seconds been nice. or whatever, right? So Saturday should have just been nice and let him score. Come on, it's damn I mean, kid's NHL debut. We gave a guy I'd never heard of his first NHL True. goal. No, that was his first ever NHL point. What there was, was that? Uh, La- Letinov? Letinov, the gas pedal. Yeah, Maxim Letinov. Uh, what, was, what was the get true? What was his first name? Andy True. Er. Okay. Is the worst number in hockey 70? Alexander the number 70? True. Alexander True. Like it was it's such an ugly number. I had that thought randomly no, no, no. in the well, game last night. I think that a lot with some of these guys. They like they even Benson. Like, what is he wearing? 40, 40 49. Like, it's such a call up number. Fucking weird number. Um, but like, shout Al- out to uh, <laughs> Teddy Peckman. Yeah, there go. Alexander True. Does does that make you think of like an indie wrestler? Yeah, that, that's why every time I heard him, I was like, oh yeah, it's like such a PWA <laughs> guy over here. I hope his nickname is something more clever than Truzy or something like if his nickname is Fake news or something like Egg that milk. this is this is the NHL there's no chance it's more creative than no, Truzy no, no it's f- fake news would be a sweet <laughs> truth Alexander hey, where's Truzy where's Truzy <laughs> Truzy where you at buddy uh speaking Truzy. of where you at skip the dishes wants to know where you're at so they can bring you some food skip the dishes.ca they have got thousands of options including our friends at oodle noodle that'll be coming up a little bit later in the hot cold performers of the week if you are hungry if you are starving if you need nourishment Go to skipthedishes.ca because we know you can't cook. 
Especially if you're listening to this podcast, there's no chance you can cook. I nope. set a I set a personal best for skip the dishes this week. Go ahead. Three. What'd you get? Three skip the dishes orders. Uh, twice donairs, mm. and then one pseudo noodle. Nice. There you so, go. Yeah. That's, that's, a, a, that's a, a new record week. for me. That's a big week for Dan. You gonna buy some food for the kids or what? I was really lazy <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, skip the dishes.ca. Go get yourself something to eat. It is fantastic. They are a wonderful partner and. I retweeted from the nation today. They did a little fun with uh, Oscar Clefbaum and Darnell Nurse where they were having some snacks on the ice and a little bit of hijinks. I like snacks. Remember when Tyler saw Clefbaum at uh, Burger Priest. Priest? Yeah. You need to track that, him down. That again. could have been some content. You mean that spurred a, local, a, winning. Yeah, a local burger joint that he was just like sitting outside on the curb talking on his phone. Actually, I believe they're on skipthedishes.ca. Ah, there we go. Good tie in. We're boys. all tying it in. Yegburger better. Yegburger partner of Yegburger the, is the goat. Oilers Nation pregame podcast starring one Tyler Uremchuk every game day at OilersNation.com. Now, also on Skip the Dishes. Also on Skip the Dishes. Yes, my pregame podcast is on Skip the Dishes. You can download Tyler's <laughs> pregame podcast on Skip the Dishes. Let us know if where you, you order it on come, Skip the Dishes. I come to your house to and your house talk and to you about the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You know what? I would order skipthedishes.ca every single day. Did we just come up with a new program? I bet there'd be so many people on the uh, text line at uh, your other line of work, Ty, that would love that. Yeah, you have to send me a copy of like your clean criminal record <laughs> or else I don't come. <laughs> you know Surveyor Brett would be ordering a oh. Tyler Yaremchuk personal podcast. Every time. Every I'd do that. Hang out with Surveyor Brett. You, you will be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you will Vegas. be in Vegas. In oh, Vegas. Let's go. Gentlemen, we are getting closer to the NHL trade deadline, which is coming up at the end of this month. The Oilers are now starting to get involved in a couple of more rumors. Today, I want to start with Zach. You had something on one Ilya Kovalchuk. Go ahead. That is correct. According to uh, Eric Engels of Sportsnet, who covers the Montreal Canadiens, the Edmonton Oilers are one of a number of teams who have reached out uh, expressing some interest in Ilya Kovalchuk. He noted also the Calgary Flames, uh, and he said, quote, they both have the picks to swing it, and they are both cap-strapped, cap which means adding Kovalchuk could make more sense to them than taking on someone else at a higher salary. Kovalchuk, of course, signed a prorated one-year $700,000 contract with the Montreal Canadiens in early January. And Tyler, you were getting into, you were in the mix with Brownlee today on Twitter about Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah, mixing and, it up. Me and Brownlee went after it a little bit because he subtweeted me. Um, <laughs> Robin, out. Robin, if you're on a, if you're uh, not not familiar with what subtweeting is because it's a young person's thing. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, I like going back and forth with Brownlee because he's an old smartass and I'm a young smartass. So like neither of we both want the last word like so bad and we're both so like tongue in cheek with our responses and stuff. But basically, I don't see Ilya Kovalchuk as much more different than James Neal. Maybe he skates a little better, but they both shoot well. They both have a history of scoring goals. Kovalchuk shoots right. There's the difference, right? So to me, if we're going to give up assets, and I think Kovalchuk will cost you a third round pick. If, if, if you're going to give up assets to me, let's spend them on something that changes the team a little bit more. If we're going to give up a third round pick, let's go get a centerman. Let's use a higher pick and go get Tatar. Like, let's aim higher than Kovalchuk is what I'm saying. You don't have well, a third th round pick, though. 
Well, 2021 third. Okay. Or your second rounder in 2021, something like that, right? So I think he could be a bit of a fallback option, though. Like, you know, we're hearing so much of these bigger names, these top six forwards, the Athanasius, the Toms Tatars, the Pajos, the Tierneys. We're hearing those names thrown around. And I think that Kovalchuk might be a guy that Edmonton maybe looks at closer to the deadline if they maybe fall out of the race for one of those big horses. I I think having the right shot of Kovalchuk can open up a lot of options uh, for the Oilers in the top six and and on the power play too. Where it gets tricky with a guy like Tatar though, is he does have next year a contract for next year as well. And isn't his contract like $5 million? It is 4.8 cap it though. Well, okay. So round up what 5 million bucks. Close enough. That's how do you fit that in? He's got a five, three Tyler. Yeah. But uh, Vegas has 500 K of it. Really? Yeah. Well, five, so 5 million bucks. The others would have to get a little bit creative. Because he's under contract next year as a UFA. He's He's under contract next year as well. Oh, yeah. Then you definitely have to offload some salary somewhere. I I think the way to make it work would be, obviously, you have to give up a pretty significant future asset. I don't know if the 2021 first is too much or not, but it's a significant future asset, and you're probably overpaying a bit, convincing Montreal to keep a mill, and they're probably taking some money off your hands for this year. Or maybe they take a guy like Chase on. I yeah, I think I'm I more comfortable doing right. that for somebody like a Tatar than anybody else, like a Chris Kreider, for example, because you're you're getting not only this year of Tatar, but also that additional year and hopefully be able to convince him to re-sign at the end of that, too. Like, I, I think for me, like if we're talking about assets and how we're using them, you know, the only way I'm dangling a first this year at the deadline is is for getting a guy like Tatar who who has a year or two left on his contract. So looking at Tatar this year in Montreal in 56 games, he has 20 goals, 31 assists and 51 points. And obviously he and Ken Holland have a history together. He spent uh, six years in Detroit. So there's, there's a history between them. Ken Holland will obviously know the player very well. Nick, what do you think about a Tatar versus a Kovalchuk versus somebody else? Well, the Kovalchuk thing is like, like Tyler said, and Zach touched on too. It's, He's he's James Neal. If if James Neal's injury is long term, I could I, I could understand that being uh, where they go with that. But they just sort of comp. They, they seem to fill the same need. Like Tyler said, they're guys who are shoot shoot first, goal scorers, fill in on your power play. I like Kovalchuk. Obviously, he's historically one of the best goal scorers of his time in the NHL. So he's one of the few who have actually scored fifty goals in the NHL. Those days are behind him, but. Uh, as far as the Tatar thing goes, I, I'm I'm not into trading a first round pick for him, even if he is under contract. Like, how often do you see teams who trade first round picks at the deadline and actually have that work out for them and do well? And also, like guys, like let's be serious, the Oilers are make, making the playoffs, but they're not competing for a cup. I think you, Tatar changes you that much, though. I don't. Is he that good? Is he that good? I I think I don't know next to McDavid this could is, really do some damage. Sure. Um. I I I, I wouldn't do it though. I wouldn't do it. I think if you're trading a first round pick, you're trading it for a guy who's going to be here for like an RFA who's in their mid to late twenties and who's going to be here for like four or five years. Would you give up a first for Josh Anderson? That's interesting. Andre um, Cash. No. Andre Cash is interesting. I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, but then, you know, there's all this talk about Peugeot. Like if you're, I'm not trading a first round pick no. for, for Peugeot. Um, he's a fine player, but if he's walking at the end of the year, then you're, I think what's the point of that? I think Otto's going to find out that nobody's willing to pay that first round price for him. 
I think the price just drops for yeah. him because there is there is so many options out there now. There's so many vo- there's so many like people that people are talking about. Right, Taylor Hall could come back on the market. No. Suckers out there. Oh, on the market. Crider, sure. a Crider is available. You've got you've got all these guys that are kind of in that same kind of mold. That and then there's the whole element that people have this this convinced uh, sentiment that uh, bad, good players on bad teams are not worth looking at for that kind of price anymore. So it's just yeah. So what is the cut line for you guys in terms of who's a seller right now? Because I'm That's looking right now, obviously, we got teams like Detroit, 30 points on the year. You know they're going to be selling assets. The We got the Kings with 43, Ottawa, 47, Jersey at 48, Anaheim and San Jose, you could argue, would be sellers. Buffalo as well. But then it starts to get a lot tighter. Then Minnesota got 56 points. And then that's when you wander into the Pacific Division, where everybody's very, very tight and not necessarily out of the mix, even if you kind of are out of the mix in another division, say. I think Montreal gets stripped for parts a bit eventually. Um, They just, I think they have, uh, the teams around them have some games in hand. Zach has it open here. Yeah, they have, it's like oh, Toronto has two games on hand in them. The Rangers have two games on them uh, and they're still a couple points back. So I don't know. I think Montreal is kind of a team that becomes a unwitting, unwilling seller. Um, New Jersey, what does New Jersey have left? Like you're not trading for Wayne Simmons at this point in his career, really. You know what? I bet somebody does. They, they, they will, but he's not going to give you. I heard value. his name connected to Vancouver today by LeBron saying uh, that if Furland isn't healthy, they'd love to add him. And I think Pittsburgh weird. as well. Simmons has not been good for like two years. So I don't know what you're talking about. And he makes five schmill. Yeah. Um, LA, again, they don't really have much left. They just traded Clifford. They just. To uh, Foley. To Foley, but he's not cheap either. I'm not doing Alec, that as a rental. Alec Martinez, I've heard. Yeah. Maybe. How about this name? Joe Thornton. I man, I, I, wrote, for I, wrote, I wrote about Joe Thornton like months ago saying at the deadline, the Oilers will trade for Joe Thornton. I, I'd really? do it I in did. a heartbeat. I did. You would. Di- what do you think? It, what if it? Joe caught- Thornton gives you that, that play, just that playoff pedigree that you want in your dressing room. And he showed last night he can still move the puck. He had a couple of assists last night. He can still put it where he needs it to go. Absolutely. Oh, he's a hell of a player. <laughs> How dare are you, you not worried? How dare you? Are you not worried about his knees holding up yep. to go to playoff run? Of I course. would be. But he's 41, man. Like whether he had he, his knees have been reconstructed or not, you always got to worry about injuries there. He With a guy like playing. that, it's soft minutes, five on five, yeah. and then he's on the power play. What's he? What's his contract this year now? It's a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. So it's nothing. I don't know. It's like I to me, that's like cost. a fallback, fallback. That's Dan the just question. doesn't like Joe that's Thornton. I'm not a big Joe Thornton guy. Dan, Dan's on the record for not liking Joe. A 41 year old guy, I'm not usually going to get on board with. But yeah, I, like, I, just, I don't think like, he's. I don't think he's a bad play. But Patrick Marlowe, yeah. Patrick Marlowe is also out there. They were talking about him last night. Both of them. Back to Toronto for Marlowe. Do you imagine just trade for both of them and <laughs> See, have the this is, Sharks North? This is the problem though. Like, what's what's the biggest need for Edmonton up front? Is it a top six it's winger? A wing. Is it a bottom six Definitely centerman? I, think it's a I mean, I think it's a winger, right? But if you can go and add yeah. a Thornton. Like, I just don't see why you wouldn't well, do that. Well, if you add a Thornton, then you can move one of those guys to win, yeah. maybe. And it helps right? your yeah. power play two options because you got a guy there that can dish the puck around a Absolutely. bit. But yeah. Not like our power play two fucking plays much anyways. No. And <laughs> right, like 15 seconds like, on the back fuck, end of the power yeah, yeah, play. Yeah. And he would increase the team's playoff beard per 60. Unbelievable. <laughs> so true. Unbelievable. Incredible. We are so struggling. True. He can cut a little like he can cut a little tuft off and just like put a put it on Nuge's face. Exactly. Just, you know, like now we're talking. Help, help fill in his beard. <laughs> My argument with the idea of a third line center, because like Ryan Rashog has been hammering that they need a third line center, right? Um, I think they need a winger more than a center because let's say we're in a playoff game. There's 60 minutes and 10 of it you can probably assume is special teams. So there's 50 even strength minutes you have to fill. 
McDavid's probably playing 20 of them, right? Mm-hmm. The dry saddle line's probably playing 20 of them. Mm-hmm. So that's 10 minutes at even strength for your bottom six. Like to me, strengthening the top six, that's going to be playing the bulk of your games and winning you hockey games. That's way more important than making sure that like your third line center can handle his seven even strength minutes a game, right? Yeah, but so I don't, would a guy like Tatar then be your ideal scenario then? Does Tatar play left or right? He's left. Yeah, um, see, that would be perfect. Right? And to me, like a guy like Tatar, or you can go Zucker, or you can go Kasha, just, just any of those guys with term who can come in and be immediate impact top six wingers. Like we saw how Yamamoto sparked the Nugent Hopkins dry side of line. Mm-hmm. What if the Oilers could do something like that with the McDavid line? Mm. I, I just think getting a top six winger is just such a must for this team, and, and it should be more important than getting a center. I would also it, slide yeah. James Neal down in the lineup because at five on five, I mean, you know, he's not the guy he was 10 years ago. For sure. And I, I was talking about it up in the office earlier. It, it also gives you the opportunity to move Kara uh, down to the fourth line where he he's way more effective. Um, and there's a lot of hate around him, and he's, he's frustrating to watch, but... In like an eight-minute fourth-line role, he's he's perfectly fine. He's pretty responsible defensively. He p- kills penalties. So bringing somebody in who can sort of just, like you said, bag milk, just shift everyone down a little bit to where they're a little bit more effective would be perfect. And I don't know, I, Tyler Rashad just talking about the center. Like I don't I don't really know what's wrong with Shan or Haas in that position right now. Like, yeah, I, I don't really know what else you can really get from somebody who's going to improve on, especially what Shahan's doing. I would argue that Shahan was one of the better forwards last night. For sure. Which is a problem. He has been for a few games. games. At the end of that first period, that line, that Cassian, Shahan, Carl line was like brutal. Their their possession numbers were almost zero across the board. <laughs> and by the end of the game, Shahan was close to 50. So they definitely, he helped move move possession in the second half. He game. almost went full Teletubby and scored a beauty last night. He just couldn't close okay, it out. But yeah. what was weird, though, is like Dell was down and out and Shan had the puck at the side of the net and didn't just like shove it. He just tried to skate it back up towards the circle for whatever reason. Do you not know Aaron Dell was like buried under his own defenseman yeah. or something? It Did you guys weird. notice that? Maybe yeah. he had a little happy feet there. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, too much time, too much space. <laughs> I, I honestly think that Ken Holland should make two moves before the deadline, though. I think you go find a buy low third line center. Okay. Like Thornton probably costs you more than a fourth round pick. Sure. Um, but I'm thinking like a low end prospect. Like what if you could trade like Kiro Maximov in a fourth and get like Derek Grant? Or even if you got to pay a little bit more and get a guy like Chris Tierney out of Ottawa. I don't know who the and hell Derek Grant is. I'm he has 13 goals this year. Oh, okay. Who does he play for? Anaheim. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but like if you get sure. one, if you get like a buy low third line center who's just an upgrade on Gaetan Haas, moves Haas to the wing, and then you spend big on a top six center or a top six winger, I think you could fill both those gaps at this year's deadline. And again, considering how bad the Pacific Division is, why not? Why not? Like I think you could win a playoff round. I honestly think if you get a top six winger, you could not only win a playoff round, but be a favorite to win one. And we saw in 16-17 when they were a game away from going to the Western Conference Finals. Man, you can catch lightning in a bottle with McDavid and Drysaddle and a hot goalie and a hot power play. Why not? Considering how tight the Pacific Division is, just to like further your point, Tyler, it's like this is a kind of a year where a couple of tweaks could win you the division and all of a sudden you got home well, ice see, in the playoffs. Hold on, though. I, would, I think I'd almost rather finish second in the division. Me too. That way you're guaranteed to play Pacific teams up into the Western Conference. You finish first in the division, you might get caught with like a sneaky Nashville team or Dallas or something. And all of a sudden it's like, I would almost rather finish a bold strategy. I'd rather finish second. I'd let Vegas finish first and I'd go up against Vancouver, Calgary in round one and beat them. Yeah, agreed. Interesting. 
Well, I mean, that's why I'm not too upset about not being first in the division right now. Okay, I like this strategy. This Me is and a Nick little bit on something. That is a, a hot take. Chess here, we're playing a little chess here with the Pacific Division standings. Tyler, it's time to get the buttons ready because it is time for the Oodle Noodle Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. As always, we are going to start with the veggies. We're going to go look at the cold performers of the week. Nick, we're going to start with you. You already gave Darnell Nurse. Yeah, sorry, Nurse. We Explain. Why though? What just, specifically are you not happy he's with? It's just frustrating to watch. And it's just, he, he has such a big role in this team and he had such a good season last year as far as uh, points go, but it's just, it's, he seems to just not be able to like, I don't know. He's now in what his fifth season, fourth season. He, and he just, what he like bears already better at making those outlet passes and creating offense with not, just from skating. He's really good at carrying the puck, but when it comes to him being under duress and having to make a move to the, to make a pass to the forwards, you just can't do it. And it's just frustrating at this point. This is uh, Daryl's fifth full yeah, season in the NHL. Oh, that's cold. Zach, who is your cold performer of the week? I'm going to go with one Zach Cassian for my cold mm. performer of the week. He did have a goal this week against Calgary last Saturday, and that's all good, but he's been dropped off the McDavid line. He just doesn't seem to quite be all there these last uh, week or two uh, when playing with uh, McDavid. He's gotten the bump down to the third line in the depth chart. I think he's actually back up there today, um, but I think he is a guy that needs to uh, become a hot performer of the week next week. Burr, burr. Dan, let's look at the prospects. Who is not impressing you in the system? It's uh, one former NHLer, Colby Cave. He uh, he's had forgot about Colby Cave. Zero points. <laughs> Me too. Zero points. He had one goal in the last <laughs> two weeks, uh, but gone down to the AHL. And there's a guy that probably should be a tweener. Should be the guy that we could bring up in a in an injury recall, and I don't think I'm comfortable doing that right now. So it's Colby Cave. Look forward to him scoring a goal a game this week. <laughs> Mr. Tyler Uremchuk, your oodle noodle cold performer of the week. The Edmonton Oilers power play, and this extends back a little bit more than a week. But in that first battle of Alberta last Wednesday against the Calgary Flames, it had three chances in the third period to win them that hockey game. It didn't. It blew it. Against the Arizona Coyotes, it had a couple of real good chances to tie that game, get them back into that game. It didn't. They blew it. They gave up a shorty. Um, it, it's The power play's got to be a little bit better than it is right now. I know it's still first in the NHL, so it feels weird nitpicking it, but it hasn't been able to, hasn't been able to come through at some pretty opportune times as of late. And you mentioned one for eight since James Neal was out of the lineup. It's a little bit worse than that if you date it back a few more games as well. Uh, the power play hasn't been great as of late, and they need it to be if they want to keep winning and if they want to contend for the top of this division. So the power play is cold. Burr, 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 burr. My cold performer of the week, I'm just going to go the general lack of preparation over the last two games. They were very, very ugly. Like Tyler said, depending on how you look at it, you could say that they were lucky that the rest of the Pacific Division lost or that they blew a major chance not winning against Arizona and San Jose, both of whom had major injuries in the lineup. Lack of preparation for the entire team is my cold performer of the week. Go out hooking. <laughs> On to the Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. We are going to do a reverse order here. We're going to start yes. with Tyler. Snake draft. Who is your Hot Performer of the Week? Sammy G Fuck is my Tyler. Hot Performer of the Week. I was happy I got to go first because I wanted to pick him. Two goals 
in his last three games. He's got the bump up to the McDavid line. When I saw him get the bump up, I said, ah, I don't like it. He can't skate. He's not good enough to keep up with McDavid. He proved me wrong against San Jose. He scored one early. There is... I love watching Sam Gagne score goals. I think it's a great story, him coming back to Edmonton and all that. I hope he's around for another season on a league minimum deal because I enjoy watching him play. I think he's a smart offensive player. Yes, he can't skate, but I should not have underestimated him. He's playing some <laughs> great hockey as of late. Love Sam Gagne. This is hot. Young Daniel. Uh, it's a guy that I know we've, we've kind of been lamenting our old goaltending prospects recently, and I think people kind of forget that he's still around. It's Olivier Rodrigue. Uh, for the Moncton Wildcats, number six overall team in the CHL right now, right behind the Edmonton Oil Kings in the uh, the rankings there. But uh, in four starts in the last week, he has had three wins and one OT loss. His goals against average on the season so far is 2.66, and his save percentage is 9.07, which is not that bad for the QMJHL. So, uh, Olivier Rodrigue, your hot performer of the week. That's really hot. Mr. Zachary Lang, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. My boy, Jujar Kaira, is my Hot Performer of the Week. I think what? he's had Jujar Kaira. Do you need me to say it a third time? Tyler is Tyler upset. Is, Tyler's questioning your Hot Performer. Yeah, I want to mention here your logic. I think he's had a good, strong couple of games playing in the Oilers' bottom six. Uh, analytically, he's looked really good. He's 52% Corsi 4 this week with a 52.5% expected goal share, which is really, really good. Uh, I think he's a guy that we've seen start to maybe turn a corner on what has been a pretty shitty start to the season for him. Uh, he had the fight last weekend against uh, old Buddy Robinson, and uh, I think he's a guy that we need to turn it around. He's been really good on the penalty kill all season despite his uh, even strength struggles, and and uh, that's why I think he's so hot. That was hot. That's hot. Mr. Nikolaus Good, your Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. Well, have you, man, talk about hot when it's Oodle Noodle. Whenever you open that box, when you just get a fresh Oodle Noodle, it is mm, so oh, fucking so hot. Absolutely. It is so hot in there. Um, you got to let it air out. Caution, people. Let it work. Let it air out for two minutes. Let it breathe. Tyler and I are, are two on on the same page this week because mine was going to be Gagne as well. Everyone knows how I feel about him, but because I have to be different, I'm going to say Ethan Bear. Unbelievable goal last night. He's slowly. Be, no, he's definitely probably our second best defenseman, and I bet by this time next year he will be our number one defenseman on the Edmonton Oilers. It's, wow. He's going to be really. This is hot. He's going to be really interesting as well, just to see what kind of deal they do with him. I would personally. Clef bomb him where you give him an extended oh, yeah. contract because I just, I believe in the player a lot. Me too. I, do too. I don't think it's going to happen, but that's what I would do. So you would sign him this off season. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Five Let's, years, six years, seven year deal. I would do seven year deal. Four million bucks. Yep. I would wow. clef bomb him. Like mm. that's what I would do because I believe in the player. Now I don't think that's going to happen. If I was his agent, I wouldn't want that to happen. Well, he still has two years on his entry level. Doesn't he? I think he's a due for he's the contract RFA. this year. Oh, he is an RFA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm totally on the same same page then. Love Ethan Bear. Love that pick. My Oodle Noodle Hot Performer of the Week. I know he didn't have a great night last night or against Arizona, but I'm going with my boy Leon Dreisaitl just because he's taken a lot of shit on the internet. Last night, I was just doing my thing. Dan was running the Nation account. I was running my own. It seems like when the Oilers are playing poorly, people singularly focus on one or two guys, and Leon is one of those guys. But let me tell you, he's got eight points in his last five games. The guy is leading the NHL in scoring. He is ultra sexy. 
big old shoulders that he's carrying this team on along with Connor McDavid. My oodle noodle hot performer of the week is Leon Dreisaitl. It's chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Oilers fans love shitting on him and he leads the fucking NHL in scoring. Well, and I, th- and I think further to that point too, bag milk. And I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, and it's like, it's not his fault, but it's that line has been just driving this team, right? And so the Sharks keyed in on McDavid after he scored that amazing goal again uh, that we just have become, you know, so used to seeing. But uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's a fair assumption that 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 line should be able to pull us out of every single game every time. And that's a that's a bullshit take to go after Leon for that. And it's like Tyler said, he leads the league in scoring and people are like, oh, dry saddle's not doing anything out there. Like, all right, pump the brakes. Like, let's just take a step back and chill because he is a very good hockey player and we are lucky to have him. Tyler, we only got a couple of minutes left in this here pod. So I want to go ahead and plug the nation road trip to Calgary that just launched today. What were you saying? Sorry. XFL. (laughs) Well, of course, you guys are all about the XFL oh, we're all kicks all off in. tomorrow. I am all about the nation road trip to Calgary that is going on on April 4th. It is the last regular season game of the year. We are making a trip down the highway back to the dome. Woo. We weren't going to do it, but we had to do it. My doctor says I'm not allowed to come. Why not? The last time was too bad for my health. Yeah, we, we hey, got after it. Tyler, I, me and Bag Milk didn't make you stay until 5 a.m. That's true. And I liked also, Nick, that we were having breakfast the next morning and then Tyler just leaves all <laughs> his bags with us. Yep. And he just needed to take a little Tyler time back on the couch in I, our room. I thought he had to, you know, take care of some business in the bathroom, which is, you know, understandable. The, the next day that happens. But no, we texted him. It turned out he went back up to the room and just slept on the couch for about good 10 minutes. Just just needed a quick 10 power nap. (laughs) What I'm saying to you guys is that this trip is going to sell out right now. We only have one bus, 50 people. That's it. We are already moving units. We've already got rooms sold. Plus there's a bunch of nation staff going. So space is super limited on this OilersNation.com. I wrote the article today. We posted it. Mm -hmm. Tickets are limited. It is going to sell out and it is going to sell out quickly. So if you want to get on this trip, Go to OilersNation.com. Check out our socials. We've got links everywhere. Going to Calgary to close out the regular season with the last bow of the season. I have and a I'm quick, excited. I have a quick non-Oilers-related question for you guys. Go ahead. This weekend, does Alex Ovechkin hit 700 goals? How many away is he? Two. They play and the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday. Yes, yes. he's yes. going to do it. Man, right. he's fun to watch. You can't bet against him. He's just he's like, a machine. He is so hot right now as well. Mm-hmm. Does he have like 14 goals in seven he, games he or some shit like, like that? Two hat tricks in four games or something. Just ridiculous. <laughs> there was a meme that was going around on Instagram. Again, free official Oilers Nation on Instagram. But there was a meme <laughs> that was going around where it was like Austin Matthews and David Pasternak were like, we're going to win the Rocker Richard this year. And then here comes Ovi. Oh, hold my beer. Yeah. Ovi <laughs> is having none of that. Uh, last thing I want to say is go ahead and follow ON radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram and rate us on iTunes. We're going to get back to reading some of those reviews. I checked Mm. today. There was nothing new. Give us your reviews. Let us know how we're doing. Leave us reviews. Five stars. Subscribe, download everywhere. Tyler has got us everywhere now, wherever you get your podcast from. Oilers Nation Radio wants to thank our friends at Sherwood for the Giant, SkipTheDish.ca, and Oodle Noodle for making all this possible, and each and every one of you for listening and spending an hour with us. Mm-hmm. That's it for episode 72. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Shout out, Damien. Go see Dragons. Wishes. Best wishes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media to stay up to date and never miss a podcast. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes, because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 